Hello and welcome to George's Poetry Workshop. I hope you've had a wonderful week and got a lot of writing done. I had a trip to York yesterday and managed to write a new poem on the train in a new style, something I've not done before. I did it in a kind of sequence, so sort of uh, part one, part two, part three, part four, and was really excited about it. So I hope you've had some some little poetic revelation as well in the last week. Um, But if not, it's coming, I tell you. (laughs) It always happens when you least expect it. Honestly, it always happens to me on the train. And, you know, if I had the money, I would just get on a train every weekend um, and go all the way up to the top of Scotland and um, sit there and just have a lovely lovely write and uh, just chill I, I i find it so useful to kind of i wonder why it works i think it's this where you kind of don't you're doing something on the train you're kind of completing a task because you're trying to get somewhere and because you don't actually have to actively do anything to complete that task your mind is free to wander that's how that's what i think happens with me because I'm one of those people who always has to be doing something. I, I, I'm I always doing some kind of project or thinking about something I need to do. And if I can complete a task kind of mindlessly, it, it allows me to actually be mindful uh, when it comes to writing. So please, you know, get in touch. Tell me your process as well. It always, you know, it really helps to have a kind of the, sh- the sharing within the community, uh, an understanding of... Um, what works for each other and the tips and tricks we can use to produce our writing. So today I, well, I've been quite inspired by the teaching that I've been doing. As mentioned, we're coming up to the last exam on the 12th of June. This is speaking of GCSE and A-levels, um, but the last English exam is on the on the 12th. And I've been teaching, of course, Owen Shears for A-level, uh, Skirred Hill, and yesterday I was talking to a student about the single stanza and I thought that might be an interesting topic for today. So I'm going to kick off straight away with um, Shears' poem Father, spelled F-A-R-T-H-E-R. And the idea of today's podcast really is to query why specific concepts are written in single stanzas what that does and my argument for this poem father and the next one I'm going to read by Caroline Bird is that they emphasize a closeness between the speaker and someone else within the poem the the person that they're talking about so we'll begin with father I don't know if the day after Boxing Day has a name, but it was then we climbed the skirid again, choosing the long way round, through the wood, simplified by snow, along the dry stone wall, its puzzle solved by moss, and out of the trees into that cleft of earth, split, they say, by a father's grief at the loss of his son to man. We stopped there at an altar of rock and rested, watching the dog shrink over the hill before continuing ourselves, finding the slope steeper than expected. 
A blade of wind from the east and the broken stone giving under our feet with the sound of a crowd sighing. Halfway up and I turn to look at you, your bent head the colour of the rocks, your breath reaching me short and sharp and solitary and again I feel the tipping in the scales of us, the intersection of our ages. The dog returns having caught nothing but his own tongue and you are with me again. So together we climbed to the top and shared the shock of a country unrolled before us, the hedged fields breaking on the edge of Wales. Pulling a camera from my pocket, I placed it on the trig point and leant my cheek against the stone to find you in its frame before joining you and waiting for the shutter's blink that would tell me I had caught this. The sky rubbed raw over the mountains, us standing on the edge of the world, together against the view, and me reaching for some kind of purchase, or at least a shallow handhold in the thought, that with every step apart, I'm another closer to you. So, of course, the indication here by the title... Um, we have father as in distance, but also father as in the relationship between father and son. I just love this final line, every step apart, I'm another closer to you. And I think that there's this desire for closeness, which is reflected in the fact that this poem is written in one stanza. What's really, what I find really interesting about Shears is, and he talks about this, how he in an interview, he mentioned how he focuses on this need for empathy when writing poetry. And you do get this sense of kindness within his work. There's something about, there is something empathetic about all of these speakers. Um, and I think it's through his ability to highlight the co complexities of being human and um, being very kind of sympathetic towards what people are going through and their emotions. And I heard him read again at the Newcastle Poetry Festival and his new work also reflects this idea. Um, and he writes about uh, groups of people who have been through quite difficult things. And that, again, that sense of compassion is really resonates through through all of his work. So the next poem is a little bit shorter. This is from The Air Year by Caroline Bird. I've been really excited to read this poem to you. It's one of my favourites. It's quite early on in the collection. And as I've mentioned before, Caroline Bird is a really prolific writer and has been, I think she published her collection at 15 years old. So I'm always in awe of that. This poem is called Checkout. I think, so this is death, and wonder why I can still see through my eyes. An angel approaches with a feedback form, asking how I'd rate my life. Very good, good, average, bad, very bad. And I intend to tick average, followed by a rant. Then I recall your face like a cartoon treasure chest, glowing with gold light. Tick, very good. And in the comment box below, I write, nice job. The angel asks if I enjoyed my stay and I say, oh yes, I definitely come again. And he gives me a soft look, meaning 
that won't be possible, but thanks all the same, clicks his pen and vanishes. It's so pretty. <laughs> uh, and again, it's, it's, um, I, I find the single stanza aspect interesting because we have this sense of someone of mortality and love and connection and to an extent, I'm just going to count the lines. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Okay, so it's got the same amount of lines as a sonnet. So there is that, um, perhaps that's an in, indicator of, of love. Um, and what I really like about this as well is there's these kind of, it's the one person that they knew in their life that changes how they perceive their entire life as a whole. Um, I intend to take average, followed by a rant, then I recall your face, like a cartoon treasure chest, glowing with gold light, tick very good, and in the comment box below, I write, nice job. So again, that sense of closeness with, um, with someone that they love, who has altered their perception has altered the perception of the speaker's life. So I've got a couple more for you today. The next one is by Emily Berry from Unexhausted Time, very different in tone. I was thinking maybe of reading two, and the reason is is because they follow one they follow each other in the collection, and I'm always curious about why writers might have placed one poem after another what is it about why do they choose to put poems in this in the order that they place them in um and i've been looking at this too a little bit with i'm, I'm i was i was thinking of buying a sylvia plath collection and there's there's her collection of ariel has been published both with the original order that she placed the poems in before she died and in a new order um, that was edited by Ted Hughes and he reordered the poems. So I've been querying, you know, which collection do I buy? So that debate is still ongoing. I'm just tempted to buy the whole collected works though <laughs> of all of her, her poetry because I'm such a huge, I'm such a huge fan and at the moment, the only collection that I do have is the selected works by, and that was edited by Caroline Duffy, who um, was very, very inspired by Plath. So um, these poems by Berry, I'm going to start with one called Baby. Now, these are very, very different tone to what we've already heard. So it's going to be curious as to why these are in single stanzas, but a lot of this collection is... And my thoughts um, at present about them are that they are almost quite—they're quite confessional, and but particularly about they—they they seem to be metaphors about very intense feelings. And I, I wonder if this is this single stanza aspect is sort of all these kind of this emotion coming out all at once. So we'll start with baby. Once I saw a disturbed old woman coming out of a house with a baby. The baby was naked and being dragged along behind the woman. There was a used tampon attached to the baby somehow. 
It was caught on it, or maybe it had got the string in its mouth. I didn't want to look too closely. I had a feeling that I had seen this woman and the baby before. The baby became disentangled from the woman, who wasn't paying much attention, and rolled out across the road. I ran after the baby and managed to grab it and hold it to my chest for comfort. It had a quite disgusting texture, damp and fibrous, not unlike the used tampon, in fact. To the baby, I whispered, you're safe now. I do think this feels very powerful, um, but I'm not sure exactly what what it's about, honestly. Um, but I... I, I I thought it was interesting reading it now, just just out loud. The impact of the word, quite, um, it really slowed the pace. So instead of, I was expecting it to go, it had a disgusting texture, damp and fibrous. But suddenly it slowed. It had a quite disgusting texture, damp and fibrous. So we're, we're slowing the pace down to get towards the end of the poem and... That's something I noticed in the Keats, La Belle Dame Sans Merci. I believe he adds an extra word. There's a, he repeats from the final lines from the beginning of the poem, and then it adds an extra word to slow the pace down. I think that's really uh, clever and gets us ready for a kind of finale. Yeah, there's something um, both comfortable and uncomfortable and something qu- quite... Um, I just wonder who the baby is, um, and it perhaps it's the speaker's sort of younger self, or uh, and, and cradling that kind of inner child. It's one to one to kind of query on. If you have any thoughts, let me know, please. I'm going to read the second one, which is called Snake. I went to visit André, and for some reason I had a snake with me that I had to kill. It wasn't a lethal snake, but its bites were very sore and itchy. Straight away I got bitten by the snake, and after that I was chasing it around André's flat, trying to kill it. The whole thing made me feel sick. André was able to relax and forget about the snake while we were talking, but I was constantly on the lookout for the snake, which was roaming free around the flat. It got under André's bed while we were sitting on it, and I sprayed it several times with a mild detergent, which hampered its progress slightly but was not enough to kill it. Finally, I found myself bashing at its head with a ladle, which eventually cut into its throat, but it was a strange and repulsive process, and I felt wretched about it. Hmm. Again, really, um really interesting really i love these these poems i love these ideas these kind of grotesque images it's something that um i did that that podcast on the girl s so if you listen to that you know that that those that's right up my uh right up my street um so i find these images really fascinating and i I think what i like about them is that it really is down to the reader's interpretation and how um how they might need this poem so for me it feels like something that's kind of that you're struggling to let go of the snake represents something that's um that's 
constantly burdensome to you um, and it's a, a difficult process to sort of be able to escape it um, and sort of cutting at its throat perhaps isn't the best way but perhaps something um, perhaps it's about kind of not killing the snake but accepting it and kind of giving it um, sort of boxing it up and um, giving it a better home <laughs> I also wonder too if it's about the friendship. Andre's name is repeated throughout the poem and it, he sort of ignores the snake and the speaker doesn't and it's is there something between them? What is the snake? And what kind of difficulty does it symbolise? Okay, so the final poem for today I'm going to read you before we have um, our free writing and the final prompt is by Inuar Elams, and I'm going to read from his collection, The Actual, it's actually, well, The Actual Fuck, <laughs> um, and it's just such a pretty uh, gold cover. Um, yeah, I bought this because I heard him speak about collectives at the Newcastle Poetry Festival, and I've been really interested in his work for a long time, so... I was really excited to, to purchase it. I'm going to read a poem called Fuck Concrete. The bus will ride through the city. The rain clouds will gather. The trials of urban light will fail. Water will claim victory. The valleys we have sculpted, the hills we have built, the tall, lean structures, all will shift. The sediments of who we once were, the haggard seeds we have been, the hidden, downtrodden parts which turn and mulch beneath will break through our stone facades, and should we sigh at what surfaces and think this bitter earth, what fruit it bears, let us rejoice that there is feast, such bountiful sorrow. This poem, I think there's a lot of layers to it, it made me think about how when I first started attempting skateboarding at age 27, which I still do very badly, <laughs> um, it made me think of how how controlled city spaces are. And you begin to see where there's been sort of bolts put into the concrete where, um, where the city is stopping you from your people are stopping you from skateboarding and you realize that public spaces aren't a tool for everyone's use um there are there are these kind of round bolts called skate stoppers that they put in the ground they also put them on escalators big kind of um triangular uh, sort of bolts to stop um people trying to sort of slide down them and it it suddenly felt very claustrophobic. Um, I noticed them first in, I think it was Tottenham Court Road in London, um, and then started noticing them everywhere. And yeah, it, it kind of is quite terrifying how the city is fully controlled uh, by people who believe that the spaces should be should be owned and not shared. They're violent, these restrictions. They are 
metal bolts that can cause harm if you were to roll over them and trip. Um, it's it's controlled by violent means. Um, the bolts too are spiked. They look like um, an arrowhead. And you realise that this it's the threat of violence around the city that is controlling people. And that's very, very frightening. That the actual environment that we live in is violent. Um, and then as soon as you realise that, you start seeing it everywhere. The way that buildings are shaped, the way that concrete um, destroys land um tarmacking around trees i don't know if you've seen this but there are trees planted and then there's a square around them and instead of letting plants grow out of the square they're tarmacked um so it's so the tree is kind of trapped within the tarmac so the natural world is kind of violently um treated in the same way as, as as human beings. So, I first read it and took took this poem quite quite literally, but um, here the the there is a metaphor. Um, the concrete is a metaphor for the human self and breaking through to quote our stone facades and finding what feels oxymoronic um the word bountiful sorrow at the end seeing what's kind of beneath understanding ourselves but also perhaps the restrictions that we put on ourselves are concrete or the restrictions imposed on us so again really beautiful piece and what's interesting about this poem as well is that there are slashes again i mentioned these last week but after each sort of phrase is divided by a a slash so the bus will ride through the city slash the rain clouds will gather slash the trials of urban light will fail slash water will claim victory and all of the poems in the collection are written in this way um, some are written in two stanzas rather than one um, or th- there is a few that are far more than that as well but in this poem is written in one stanza and I'll just I love this idea of something kind of there's a build up to this bountiful sorrow at the end and the slashes create that sense of pace i think they build uh, quite a bit of tension in this piece okay so as always we're going to have a pause there for some free writing if you're not used to the podcast if you're new welcome free writing is when we take five to seven minutes to just write anything that we want down into our notebooks kind of getting everything out first thing to then clear our minds ready for the final prompt so do you have a notebook and pen at the ready and but if of course you don't have you're not able to right now um do give yourself a bit of time later to do this it, it does really help um whenever i remember to do it i just feel like oh this is fabulous i can i've really kind of got ready 
to 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 leave all my worries and stresses behind and and focus on the writing of poetry so I always give a prompt as well that you can use if you need to the prompt today is blanket you can start with that blanket and take that where you will when you hear the bells pause the podcast for a bit of free writing and then come back to hear the final prompt welcome back for the final prompt if you did have that pause I always take this time to ask that if you are enjoying the podcast and it's helping you to workshop your poems then please consider donating the equivalent of a cup of coffee to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash George's Poetry Workshop. It really supports me in giving as much time as possible to the podcast, doing all the research, creating art, and it's also, you're also donating to people who might not otherwise be able to afford a workshop and use this podcast to support their writing. So please, please, um, if you are able to, it would be fantastic if you could donate patreon.com forward slash George's Poetry Workshop. So the final prompt today, of course, is to have a go at writing a poem in one stanza. Now, as I've been reading, you might have come up with some ideas already, but I'm going to try and give you a little bit more support as well. So you might like to use the single stanza to talk about a relationship with somebody um, between yourself and someone else or your speaker and somebody else much like shears and bird you might like to use something uh, supernatural as well as bird does highlighting this idea of an afterlife the checkout where you tick a form and have a go at thinking of a kind of another equivalent what is the afterlife like speaking of kind of superstition and myth um, and religion we might you might like to use an analogy in the way that Barry does to talk about something a kind of event that takes place like baby or snake and snake too is interesting because it's a biblical symbol to this idea of evil, uh, the snake being representative of, of that, of the devil in Genesis. And it just reminds me of, I realise that this is the 13th podcast <laughs> and lots of people say, oh, this 13 is, a, is an unlucky number. I like to think not. But I actually had a quick look to see what why people think 13 is so, so, so bad bad there were a few reasons but the ones that stood out to me one was linked to the bible judas was 13th at the last supper and he betrays jesus doesn't he in the story um in north myth as well the god loki was 13th um to arrive at a feast and then he tricks someone into killing balder a, a god also the to do with the lunar cycle there's a full moon on the 13th day so these are quite these kind of uh, supernatural and storytelling elements of, are of big interest and might be something that you too want to write about um 
And that's just thinking about this being a 13th podcast. So yeah, <laughs> I like to start researching things. Uh, so yeah, maybe there's a symbol for you that you can use to write about something um, in one stanza. And then of course, um, we have the elems. Perhaps you'd like to start with a similar title. So each of these poems starts with fuck and then something. So the one I read to you was fuck concrete. He's got others, fuck fate, fuck Dante, fuck trees, fuck love. (laughs) So perhaps, um, you'd like to have a go at titling your poem something and going from there something something like Elam's very much inspired by his work uh, and think about the form too in ter- would you like to put slashes for breaks um or would you like to write in a more traditional sense with more typical punctuation it is very much up to you of course so i hope you've enjoyed the podcast today we'll, we'll stop there and I really look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you very much, as always, to you, the listener, to Portamento for creating the music. And if you do want to get in touch, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at GC, the writer. And I will see you next time. <laughs>